Welcome to Am I Famous Yet? Memoir of a Working Class Rockstar, where I explore the trials and tribulations of being a full-time freelance professional musician in this crazy business we call show. My name is Ivan Funkboy Bodley, and I'll be your host, endeavoring to entertain you with my tales from the road, because sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. Am I Famous Yet? is available as a podcast wherever you get fine podcasts, a YouTube series, and even as an actual book in hardcover, softcover, and Kindle editions on Amazon. Links for all of these, including my social media, can be found at my website, www.funkboy.net, F-U-N-K-B-O-Y.net. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review it, as these things really do help other people find the show. So grab your bass, tune up, and let's hit the road. Hey, it's Ivan. Here are the latest stories of the week presented as playing for a living. So last Wednesday was once again supposed to have the outdoor gig on the Nautical Mile in Freeport, Long Island. And once again, it got rained out. There was only like a 60% chance of rain, but there were indeed passing showers. It's a weather-permitting gig. It's outdoors. I completely understand. They did the right thing. We saved our equipment. But at least I wrote a bunch of charts. I wrote like nine different charts for this gig, which I never got to perform. So uh, I think I'm on again next week. So hopefully we get to go ahead and use uh, that uh, effort. We'll go, go towards something good here. Uh, what else happened? Oh, yeah. I had a gig up in uh, on Cape Cod. Cape Cod. And this was a gig where I played uh, the ceremony, which is unusual, the cocktail hour, and the reception. Uh, that's a full six hours of playing. That's the first ceremony I think I've ever done, or maybe the first in a very, very long time. Uh, it's, again, kind of unusual. The reason they wanted to do it, they wanted like guitar, bass, and keyboards for the ceremony instead of like a string quartet because of the processional music was like uh, Ray LeMontagne, You Are the Best Thing, and uh, uh, With or Without You by U2, and... Uh, Yellow by Coldplay. Some very unusual requests for uh, a wedding ceremony, which we're only happy to provide. It was fine. went fine. The best man at this uh, event was also the officiant. And clearly, this is somebody who'd become ordained online strictly for the purposes of the event. For whatever, however you do these things online, he got ordained just so he could marry his friend, which is fine. So he set up uh, his uh, he set up a music stand and he had a, a bunch a binder full of of pages and page protectors, and he proceeded to give this speech. Now during a ceremony, usually it's kind of like, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today, and you talk about life and you talk about love and the joining of these two people. This guy basically started to give his best man speech, which is like. You know, the first time we met the bride, we thought she was so great. And then, of course, we'd never heard the groom talk that way about her. And then blah, 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 right? It's the same best man speech you get at every at every kind of wedding. But again, this is as the officiant during the ceremony when things are supposed to be a little more a little more serious. There's a little more gravitas to the proceedings. It's a legal proceeding. You know, there are documents to be signed, that kind of thing. There's music to be uh, involved, music on cue and all that kind of stuff. So it was a little odd because, you know, it was basically a best man speech that went on for close to 10 minutes. It was very long. And he was talking about his buddy, you know, most of the time. Like he started out talking about the bride and when he first met you, the whole thing. But then he talks about his buddy for like 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And all I can think of is this poor woman is standing here. This is her, her not only her wedding day, this is her wedding ceremony. 
And the best man is basically giving his best man toasts instead of, you know, just marrying them as an efficient and saying something nice. You know, and a couple of their friends did, you know, poetic readings, which, again, is very standard for this sort of thing. But this guy went on and on and on. It was like, wow, that was really rough to watch. He was also talking about how multicultural the groom was because he was uh, engaged to a Chinese-American lady and because he had one friend who was an Indian-Asian gentleman. And the rest of the party was all white, white, lily white, country club white. So it was kind of interesting to talk, listen to the white guy who was the best man talk about his white friend who was so very multicultural. Not unusual for these situations, let me tell you. This is how these things go. So uh, we did the wedding. We did the ceremony. We get to the cocktail hour. We get to the, to the reception hour. And then the best man goes up and gives the best man speech again. But he starts basically, it's the second half of his speech. He's got another 10 minutes to say, same thing, same subject matter. I was like, you know, he really didn't seem to understand what his role was in this uh, ceremony as the efficient. Clearly, I don't think, you know, it was anyway, it was kind of odd to me, kind of funny, kind of whatever. So let's go back to the cocktail hour. We, we got to the cocktail hour and we're playing cocktail hours. You know, you, again, it's a trio or a quartet. I think we had uh, guitar, bass, drums, and maybe some light percussion. And you just kind of play like sort of light jazzy standards and some blueses and some things. Just It's kind of wallpaper music. You know, it's not to be a big feature thing, but very usually very light jazz kind of thing. So I got there before the other guys. It was a long walk from the beach up to the cocktail hour. And I started playing by myself, and then the guitar player came in, and then the keyboard player came in. So I, you know, I started out with a, a jazzy blues kind of thing, and then I called another jazzy thing called Blue Basta. It's kind of an easy jazz tune. And then I called another one, St. Thomas, which is another fairly easy jazz tune. And then I called, you know, I'm just sort of leading the thing sort of to keep, to keep the thing moving. Not that I'm the appointed leader of the cocktail hour. It just doesn't matter. And then I said, let's do uh, Cantaloupe Island by Herbie Hancock, which is a lovely three-chord song. Got a really nice kind of melody. It's just very easy. So the piano player doesn't really seem to know it, which is interesting because Herbie Hancock, you know, is very influential to sort of every piano player on the face of the earth, I think. And he's trying to figure out the sort of the intro lick, and he's kind of stumbling through it. And then he starts to play the melody for not Cantaloupe Island. He starts to play the melody for Watermelon Man which is also by Herbie Hancock, and also in the same key. And I said, well, right, right composer, uh, wrong fruit that you're playing there. And he just looks at me and he says, I hate jazz. I'm like, okay, this is going to be this is gonna be a long cocktail hour. Good player. He's uh, you know, used to doing solo piano bars. I look forward to working with him again. Uh, we're all friends, but it was just some of a, a really funny thing to say during a cocktail hour. So now I can't call any more of the tunes because – you know, I'm not playing the melodies on the bass. He's the one who's going to have to play the melodies, so I'm going to say, what else do you know? And he calls uh, Piano Man by Billy Joel. Fine, we'll play Piano Man, no problem. I said, what else do you know? And he called a really obscure Billy Joel tune. I can't remember the name of it now, but I didn't. I certainly didn't know it, and I certainly didn't have a chart for it. I was like, nope, what else? He said, reminiscing by the Little River Band. I'm like, nope, what else? <laughs> So finally, you know, we just sort of settled on your song by Elton John, this kind of thing. Like, but this went on for the entire, the entire cocktail hour. This type of behavior. Then we get into the reception, and again, this is uh, six hours on my feet that I'm playing. Uh, reception went well. Places going crazy. Turned upside down. Uh, it took me because it was on Cape Cod and because it was on a Saturday. It took me six hours and forty minutes to get there, and I really only got there about an hour and change before we had to start playing the ceremony. So. In the car, six hours and 40 minutes, changed my clothes, played six hours, 
And then I decided, the party got out at midnight, I decided, you know, uh, it's only going to take me about four hours and change to get back to Queens. So I decided to make a run for it. It actually ended up taking about five and a half hours. You know, I stopped off a couple of times, took about a 15-minute nap and a rest stop on I-95 South. And it definitely hurt. You know, it, it definitely doesn't feel good to, to drive 11 or 12 hours a day and then uh, in a day and then also play six hours. So I'm pretty beat up uh, the next day. But I'm glad to always be home and sleep in my own bed, even though I didn't get home. I didn't get to bed probably 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. And then the last thing, as I was coming off of uh, Cape Cod there, just as I was almost uh, had made a, a clean getaway from Cape Cod, I'm following the GPS, and the GPS indicates a right turn. And as I'm making the right turn, it looks like there's kind of a merge, like there's another street coming from a different direction. We're kind of all merging in the same direction. And there's another car who's sort of merging at the same time that I'm merging, but I'm a little bit ahead, so I just kind of like, you know, scooted in front of the car. Actually, it was an SUV. And uh, this is like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black. I can't see anything out there. And, of course, the SUV I cut in front of is a uh, Massachusetts uh, state trooper. So <laughs> the lights go on. You know, I get pulled over. As if I haven't been pulled over in a traffic stop in many, many, many years. By the time he got to the window, I had my license registration insurance to handle him. And, of course, everything is like, yes, sir, whatever you need, sir. I'm very sorry, sir. And he said, you know, you have to yield right of way to a car that's on the rotary. I'm like, a rotary? This doesn't look like a rotary. I know what rotaries are, like traffic circles, and usually they're marked on the GPS. But I didn't see any signs. Again, it was pitch black out. And it just looked like a, a right turn on the GPS and, and a merge kind of thing. So I just apologized profusely. He's like, where are you coming from? I said, I just played a wedding. And he said, I, he said are you driving back to New York now? Because this is, again, one in the morning. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Driving back to New York. Very sorry, sir. And all this kind of thing. Uh, he let me go with a warning because he said, you know, we, I know you don't have rotaries down in New York City. I'm like, you're right about that, sir. I apologize, sir. Thank you, sir. May I have another, sir? It was fine. You know, he's a nice enough guy. And he, he let me go. Uh, I would have certainly deserved the ticket, but he, he let me out with a uh, verbal warning. And I drove five hours back home and I uh, got to sleep very late in the night. That was the stories from the week. I'll be back in touch with you next week. Thanks for so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying Am I Famous Yet? I hope you're enjoying the playing for a living portions of the podcast. And I'll be back at you soon. Funk Boy signing off. See ya. <laughs>